Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn has a unique chance at maybe potentially being the Grinch who stole Christmas from Miami Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill. We'll talk about that and the Dolphins-Cowboys matchup coming up in week 16. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor, and if you enjoy the show, hit the like button for me. takes about half a second to do so, and every thumbs up, puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So I appreciate you taking the time to do so. And welcome, everyone, on a Thursday night. It is a great night to talk some Cowboys football. And it is an exciting night also to get into it. Because, man, that game, that Dolphins game, it has me jittery. It has me a little bit nervous. It has me premeditating that it's going to be Christmas Eve and that I'm not going to allow any result (laughs) to affect how I feel on Christmas Eve, right? Because I'm telling you, it's a tough game for the Cowboys. Uh, I'm not saying they cannot win it, and we'll get into the prediction later in the show. I believe they can. I also believe the Dolphins can do it. I believe it's going to be a headache type of game, and we'll see how it all plays out. And tonight, we're going to focus mostly on the Cowboys' defense against the Dolphins' offense. Last night, we did it the other way around. So we're going to be maybe looking at some of the other matchups on this one, which have me a little bit excited, of course. And we'll talk a little bit about Micah Parsons also putting an end to the controversy around linebacker slash edge slash off ball slash line of scrimmage, all that. We'll talk about the injury concerns because, man, oh, man, it's starting to get a little big like in week three. I'm, I'm feeling those same vibes, and I'm scared about that. So we'll talk about that as well, and then we'll close out the show, as always, with the prediction. Uh, with all that being said, let me say hi. We've got a Gregory. We've got a Katharina. We've got uh, Joe. We've got none other than uh, Plam. We've got Holly. We've got Daniel. So what's up, everyone? Welcome, and thank you for joining the show uh, today. First and foremost, let's talk about the title of the video, shall we? Can Dan Quinn be the Grinch who stole Christmas in week 16? And let me be more specific. Can he be the Grinch of Tyreek Hill's Christmas? And this is what I mean. From the moment the season started, even before that, Tyreek Hill warned us all. He said, you know what, guys? I'm going to mess around and I'm going to get myself 2K yards. And that's never been done in NFL history. Tyreek is also chasing the single-season record for receiving yards. But Tyreek Hill, from day one, said, I am going for 2,000. And at the time, maybe we were all like, you know, if somebody can do it, it probably would be Tyreek. But if he didn't do it with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, is he going to do it with the Dolphins? And maybe we wondered about all that. But, man, that guy at one point was trending towards blasting 
through to through uh, 2000 because he was on a pace where he just needed like 100 yards per game. And I know that's a very high number, but we've seen him put together monster games this season with the Mike McDaniel offense. And it wasn't until he went down with an injury on Monday night a couple of weeks ago where that chase really took a major hit because he didn't play for the majority of that game against the Tennessee Titans, which the Dolphins happened to lose, by the way. And then against the New York Jets last weekend, when the Dolphins beat New York 30 to nothing, Tyreek Hill wasn't around. Now he's trending to return. It does seem like the Cowboys are going to face Tyreek Hill, which makes me excited more than anything else. Uh, This is a game where I want to see the Cowboys be tested, and having Tyreek Hill play for the Dolphins allows that to happen. So, I mean, they would be, even if Tyreek wouldn't play, but you know what I mean. Uh, And some of you might think, you know what? There is no way Tyreek Hill gets to 2000 now with those two games that he was banged up for. I'm not doubting him, though. I really am not. And shout out to my friend Craig Smith, who covers the Dolphins for ADC Sports Miami. He put together an article where he looked at what is the pace that Tyreek would need to sustain for over the last three weeks of the season in order for him to get to 2K. And you might be surprised at the number but that is 152 yards per game. Fair uh, point something. There's there's a decimal in there. Uh, but he needs 152 receiving yards per game. So we're, we'll, we'll talk about the matchup here. But let me explain the title here. If Dan Quinn ruins this game for Tyreek Hill, and he manages with his players, of course, to keep Tyreek Hill well below that number, then the dream is over. The dream is over for Tyreek Hill. And I know what some of you are thinking. I thought it myself just a little bit ago. I thought, oh, 152? The dream is dead. He's not getting to that. He's just not getting to that number. But then I realized, wait a minute. And hold on to your chair or whatever. Because this stat blew me away. Tyreek Hill has the same number of games this season. With under 100 receiving yards, then he does over 150 receiving yards. Because he has five of each. He's been held for under 100 for five games this year. He has five where he has exceeded 150 yards. And then there's another game where he has like 146, something like that. So he's gone for over 140 six times. This season. And that's a perfect segue into the real topic of this show, which is basically, you know, stopping this speedy machine that is the the Dolphins offense. Because it's not not just Tyreek, man. Tyreek Hill, to me, is the best wide receiver there is in the NFL today. I thought there was some room for debate earlier in the year. I don't think so anymore. Respect to A.J. Brown. Respect to Jamar Chase. Respect to Justin Jefferson. To all those guys. But Tyreek Hill, man, what he means for an offense, I think he's unparalleled in the NFL, if I'm being honest with you. But then they've got Jalen Waddle, who is not at that level, but at least speed-wise, he's pretty close. Jalen Waddle is pretty fast. And McDaniel basically figured out, oh boy, 
I can have two wide receivers that can run a slant, but it can be a deeper slant. That can run crossers, but they're going to get to their landmarks quicker than a regular receiver. And then just all of a sudden, you've got this monster of an offense where safety's got to play deeper. But if they play deeper, watch me run all this kind of misdirection on the running game, which is a whole other story of this offense. And they've become one of the best in the NFL. They've legitimately become, a, in my opinion, and I know the recency bias might still affect us with the Bills game happening just last weekend. But I said before that at Bills week, I said, you know what? Right now, top three offenses in the NFL, I would go 49ers. 49ers, because, man, they're unstoppable. I would go... I think I think you could still say Dallas Cowboys, but let's knock them down after that Bills game where they were pretty much stopped. So let's go Miami Dolphins at number two and then Dallas Cowboys at number three. I think those are your best three offenses in the NFL right now. And there are some other teams that might get involved in the discussion, but looking at the overall season, I think those are my top three. And you look at what they've done in the run game and in the passing game, and I think the Dolphins are number two just because of that. They can run and they can throw the football and they've got this unique element that might differentiate them from the Cowboys, for example. Uh, if the Cowboys have a say on that argument, it might be that they, in my opinion, have the better quarterback in Dak. But honestly, just as a unit in general, they're doing stuff that ha that is new, that is new in the NFL. And, you know, not exactly like, you know, something that had never been seen before, but maybe not in this way. I was looking at some of the numbers, and I'll get to the comments here shortly, but I was looking at some of the numbers with success rate and EPA and everything, and I wish I would have uh, maybe uh, wrote it down, but I didn't. I was seeing some efficiency numbers that basically said, this is the best statistical offense since the greatest show in Thurf from the LA Rams back in 2000. So that's pretty crazy to think about. And tonight we'll talk about, you know, the Cowboys matching up against them. And spoiler alert, it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. Now, Holly here with the great question says, he'll even playing? So this is not a certainty that he's going to play, but it sure sounds like he's trending to play. Uh, he returned to practice on Thursday. Last weekend, when he didn't go, basically the whole story was they're going to take it up to game, to game time and then they're going to allow Tyreek Hill to let them know, are you 100? Are you ready to go? And game time decision was, no, he cannot go. But he was very close. So just with some of the logic, uh, thinking about that and then him returning to practice, and just reports overall being fairly optimistic, I would assume Tyreek Keel is much more likely to play than he's not. So, yeah, I would expect him to go against the Cowboys. Shout out to Master Gunner who says, Mo, we got tested last week, Monday. Yeah, man, that, that is true. We, the Cowboys did get quite tested on, uh, on Sunday versus the Buffalo Bills. Let's see here. Gregory says, this game will not be like the Bills. Cowboys will use pre-snap motion. We will use Ferguson early on often. They will allow Turpin to play on offense, and we will throw the ball more than two times. 
We will never surrender, right? Says Gregory. And hey, I'm I'm hyped up. I'm hyped up, but hey, uh, hey I'm gonna give the Dolphins some respect, and I'm gonna say, man, it's gonna be a challenge. It's gonna be a challenge similar to the Bills game. And I don't mean in the scoreboard, like the Cowboys are gonna be beating a 31 to 10 or something like that. Not what I mean. I always say that beat downs are compound, compounded on like in the NFL. Like if you get to 20 to nothing. You're likely to get to 30 to 10. That's just kind of how it works in the NFL. So when a game slips away, it just slipped away. And this meaning, for example, the Cowboys game against the Bills got away pretty quickly. By halftime, it was pretty much over. So there wasn't a lot you can do. But we knew going into it that it was going to be a pretty complicated game right there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the big question then. How do you do it? How do you go ahead and stop Tyreek Hill? And that is like one part of the question because I'm not entirely sure what the priority for the Dolphins is going to be. You would assume just by looking at last week's game when the Cowboys did not have an answer for James Cook, did not load the box, even in the second half when it was pretty clear that the Bills had decided They're not going to drop back and pass. They're just going to keep running and running and running. The Dolphins were like, you know what? I mean, the Bills were like, you know what? We'll run. You got to assume, you got to assume that Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins at least are going to try it. That's what I would assume. They're going to want to throw the football because it's what they do too. They're pretty good at it. Tua Tungavailoa, quickest time to throw in the NFL. They've got the playmakers on the boundary, again, with Waddle and, uh, and Tyreek Hill. They've got a great screen pass game where they get the running backs involved and they're doing their thing with speed, with agility, with all that. But you would assume that Mike McDaniel is going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do some of the stuff that the Bills did and I'm going to try to go ahead and run with, with, with my guys and with all of my disrection and pulling guards and pre-snap motion and end arounds and end around fakes and then the change up to each look that I've had so far this season. Uh, they're gonna try to fake that they're gonna read that they're gonna run zone read to the right and then two boys gonna flip the football to the left side of the field because that's what they do. It's confusing, it's great, it's objectively amazing to see <laughs> if we're talking about it from an objective point of view and not as Cowboys fans. But still, let's talk about the Tyree Kill matchup first. How do you go ahead and do that? And, and, you know, we say talk about it first, but they go hand in hand. Because I think one of the big takeaways that you can have about Tyree Kill and watching him play, and it's very obvious and it's very evident, and you're going to say, well, thank you, Captain Obvious, but, man, you cannot play one-on-one on this guy. You cannot go ahead and and play one-on-one on Tyreek Hill. And that matters when the conversation is surrounding a defense that likes to play a lot of man coverage like the Cowboys do. And not only that, a defense that loves to have one high safety looks, where you're talking about cover one, where, yeah, there's a deep safety on the middle of the field, but are you going to let your cornerback in man-to-man coverage die? Because Tyreek Hill is going to get most of his snaps 
out wide. He's not really a slot receiver, by the way. He plays out wide. So it's a tough matchup. It's a tough matchup to talk about it because you want two safeties up top to maybe put a cap to Tyreek Hill. But two safeties up top probably means a non-loaded box. And if you're not loading the box, can the Dolphins aim to go ahead and do the same that the Bills did in the run game? Now, I, I like this comment here from Carlos. Because he says, Miami is not as physical as the Bills. They are more of a finesse team, like our Cowboys. It may be a shootout. And that is right. One of the things that was very clear from like the Bills game is that they were pushing the defensive tackles around. They were having their way with the Cowboys linebackers. Offensive linemen were climbing quickly to the second level and getting their blocks there. Uh but still, I'm pretty scared about the, the Dolphins being so quick and so fast and all of that. However, it's a key to keep that in mind, what Carlos is mentioning here, because the way that I see it is that it comes down to one question. Can the Cowboys tackle better? Can the Cowboys tackle better? Because you know what? We knew about the success rates being bad for the run defense. We knew about that. We've talked about it here on Primetime on a weekly basis. We knew that opponents were going to try to run on the Cowboys. Heck, in August, Mike McCarthy, I wrote an article about it, about how Mike McCarthy warned us from day zero. You know, teams are going to want to run against us because they're not going to want to face our pass rush. That's what Mike McCarthy said back in August, back in the preseason. And you look at this game and you're like, man, our they're going to be in a position to survive allowing four yards per carry, which is more or less what they've averaged over this season. Can they get to a world where they can just not be pushed around and they can force enough third and long situations where the Cowboys can bracket Tyreek Hill when they can re- uh, invest more resources in stopping this speedy wide receiver who looks like a lethal weapon on the field? Can they get to that situation? Now, there are some safety concerns with the health of the team, and we'll get to that in a little bit because Malik Cooker was limited today on practice, and we don't know what his status is going to be. But assuming for a second that Malik Cooker is going to be available, who is going to be the other high safety, right? Because I think from what we saw in Buffalo, we don't want him to be Jaron Kears. We don't want to have Jaron Kears in that high situation, maybe, covering the top or, or over the top of Tyreek Hill. Because I do think you want those two high safeties. And I do know that Dan Quinn is maybe unlikely to use a lot of too high coverages. But this is the game to adjust. This is the game that you cannot approach like you've approached every other team because it's just not going to work. If you're playing with one high safety and the Dolphins just run double post on you or something like that with the speed that they have, it might be game over. Especially with Stephon Gilmore taking care of one of these guys where I love Stephon Gilmore, but I also know he's in the speedy cornerback that might hang with with these guys. So you want somebody that can trail and you want somebody that can be over the top on on these guys as as much as possible. It's not going to be easy. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no recipe for getting it done against the Dolphins. Your, your players just got to ball out to stop them because that's what's happened this season. 
we've seen over Tyreek Hill's career, both in Kansas City and both in Miami, teams have tried bump and run techniques on him. Teams have tried zone coverage against him. Teams have tried uh, rackets. Teams have tried all sorts of ideas to stop him. And he's managed to beat every single one of those looks. And then there are situations where he's just beaten. And I think a lot of it, when it does happen, is when opponents are able to stop the run. And then they're just able to have two guys on Tyreek Hill for most of the of the time. And then mostly, I think, when he has been stopped, yes, he's been hit a lot at the line of scrimmage. So I would assume if the Cowboys can do it, they're going to try to push him around. They're going to try to knock him down or whatever. But it's got to be a physical game against Tyreek Hill. You, you cannot just... And Stephon Gilmore said this recently on an interview that's on YouTube. He said, you, can, you cannot play soft coverage on him on third and three or something like that. It's got to be press. It's got to be, I'm going to hit you at the line of scrimmage. And I've got somebody to help me over the top in case you run away from me, which you will. And, and Tyreek's going to make plays. It's just a matter of not allowing him to own you, I think. Uh, but all of this is much more complicated when we factor in the run game, which is the nightmare of Cowboys fans right now. And before I move on to the chat and before we move on to a little bit of the next topic, which is all related, of course, I will say this. Can the Cowboys just tackle better? Because if the Cowboys do tackle better, maybe... It's a much different ball game. Sure, they will allow successful runs from the Dolphins. But if you're getting the tackles for a loss that the Cowboys know how to get with Demarcus Lawrence and Ozo Digisugwa and Clark and Marquise Belt shooting through the right gap at the right time, they've done this. That's why they're 32nd in success rate, but near league average in EPA per play because they're allowing successful runs, but they're also making plays. And making plays against the run doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I'm forcing a fumble, which is what they did against the Eagles three different times. Not in run plays necessarily, but you know what I mean. And I think in this case, can the Cowboys get that tackle for a loss? Can the Cowboys stuff the run? And can they balance allowing several successful plays with making impactful plays and stuffing the run, especially when you're talking about, for example, third and short, which I was talking to Cowboys stats and graphics over on Twitter earlier today. And he mentioned that he mentioned, you know what? The Cowboys have been one of the best teams in laid down rush success. And I don't have the exact numbers he was referring to, but anecdotally, it makes sense, right? I think we've seen this Cowboys defense step up several times in late down situations versus the run they didn't against buffalo and that image is still is still uh super clear in our head but i can tell you man late down rush defense can be better just because the cowboys are one of the best tackling teams in the nfl and to put that into context man they missed 12 tackles against the bills when since the bye week they had 15 missed tackles it versus the run. That's just versus the run specifically. And let's 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 give that some additional numbers. That's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. They had 15 missed tackles in seven games, and then they just had 12 in one. 
as frustrated as I am and as much as I can let recency bias get to me, I'm just not ready to say, you know what? The Bills are going to do the same thing that the Dolphins did because it just wouldn't make a lot of sense. Uh, this one, That one felt more like a rarity, rarity. And I don't mean to say that the Cowboys have a great run defense because that would be lying to you. Again, 32nd in the NFL in success rate. But they tackle better, and they're the second-best tackling team for PFF grades. They can, they can uh, have a very different outcome on Sunday. That's what I do believe. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Sorry about that. I know I've gone, like, in three rants today, uh, but I'm just excited about this game. I think I'm more excited about this one than I was about the Bills game, and I was already excited about the Bills game. We, we talked about it in a very similar tone last week when we were like, watch out for the Bills and do not trust the 7-6 and six record that they have. I think the title for Thursday before that game was actually something like uh, a misleading game, something like that. I don't remember exactly. Let's see here. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Gregory says, we have to control the time of possession. That might be true. That might be true. But I'm going to say what I think is going to matter more than time of possession is having those explosive plays on offense. Because the Dolphins are going to get explosive plays on offense. And it, it might be one of those where, here, here's what I don't like about the mentality of let's control the time of possession. This isn't a game that you're going to win by running the football a whole lot. And I think this is a game where the offense is just going to have to keep their foot in the gas and just try to outscore the Dolphins in an offensive shootout. That's what I would be expecting, at least. Uh, I said something similar last week, and of course, the game blew up in the first half, so maybe we didn't get a chance to see the offense operate the way that we wanted it to, but I think it's a very similar discussion this week. I think this is one where the Cowboys have to be aware, you know what? Defense is going to be God. The defense is going to allow many big plays because that's what the Dolphins do. And just the offense has, has got to be ready to be aggressive, to keep pushing the ball downfield and keep saying, oh, that's cool. Now watch this and watch this and hold my beer. Watch this. That's what it's going to be about. Let's see here. Uh, Master Gunner says, so we, can so we can be a butt at run game, but have to make the tackles as Master Gunner. I know it sounds crazy, but it's honestly the way we've seen the Cowboys We've seen the Cowboys live on defense all season long. They have one of the worst success rates in the NFL, but they make the plays. They make the tackles for loss. They make, they stuff the running late downs, and sometimes they even force fumbles, which is obviously the ultimate result that you can get in one of these plays. Carlos says the Bills played smashed them out football. They took Tang's words and used it against Dallas. Knowing they were the more physical team, man, I still I'm still laughing about that ESPN clip where <laughs> where they played that D Law clip and, and then they had to apologize for it shortly after. I'm still I'm still dying with that one. Uh, Jimmy says Cowboys seem to have bounce back games, and I think they will be lining it up the scoreboard to make up for the defense. Yeah, they 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 seem to have had that right. Lost to the Cardinals on the road, blew out the Patriots. Lost to the Niners on the road, 
didn't blow out the Chargers, but it was a tight game that they won. Lost to the Eagles, then they blew up the Giants. You know, yeah. Yeah, I, I see what Jimmy's saying. I'll say this. I think the whole thing about the Cowboys being good at bounce-back games has been a little bit overblown. They, they've just been a winning team. They, they are, you know, they're 10-4. and four. So they're just likely to win ball games. But Dolphins, Bills and Dolphins back-to-back, that might be, and I'm looking at the schedule right now, that's unequivocally, in my opinion, the toughest stretch, two-game stretch of the season. We'll see what happens there. Uh, anyways, in terms of stopping the Dolphins' passing offense, and before we move to what Micah said and the whole run game thing, it's also about taking that first read away. I think we're, when you've seen the Dolphins struggle this season, has been when that first read is not there for Tua. And maybe that means rotating your safeties. Maybe that means showing pressure when you're really dropping back to pass. Uh, to pass coverage, maybe it means a whole lot of things, but that's when he's really struggled, when he needs to go through an entire progression. I don't want to sound like I'm hating on Tua because I really am not. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's on the rise, and I think what he's done this year for Miami is not easy because, again, that guy is getting rid of the football quicker than everyone else in the NFL, and that's not easy to do. Because it's not just quick game stuff where he's just throwing a quick route, quick route, quick route. He's throwing quick, but he's pushing the ball downfield at the same time because that's just the Dolphins' offense. Uh, And I say that because we know about the pass rush. We know about Micah being a defensive player of the year candidate with the way that he's rushed the passer. We know about the Dolphins' offensive line having some holes. We know about them being vulnerable on the inside especially at left guard slash center. That's where you could see a lot of stunts and you could see the Cowboys do a lot of damage. But sometimes when you see the Dolphins offense, that really just does not matter. And sometimes that does not matter because Tua is just getting rid of the football before he gets hit. So if you take the first read away and then the play suddenly one second longer, then it's a whole different story because then that offensive line might not hold up. And then Tua is not getting the rid of the football that quickly. And then you're getting sacks and you're getting pressures and you're getting hits. It's tough to do and it is much easier said than done. But if the Cowboys take that first read away, the Cowboys can get this one done. I think it's more about, I think it's more about taking that first read away than just teleporting to where Tua is and getting the sack. That is to say, Master Gunner, getting to the QB quick is always your goal, and it should be your goal, but that might not be enough of a mindset for this game. It probably has to be more about the first read and how can we take it away so the pass rushers can get to Tua. That's the real key when it when it comes to the, to the Dolphins' offense right now all while taking care of the constraint place that the dolphins have where they're they'll throw a screen pass they'll run this they'll run that uh one of the few advantages to this game that maybe is going to be different too from the Bills game 
we, we've talked about some of the differences, right? Somebody said physical versus finesse, and I think that is spot on. I think it was Carlos. Shout out to him. And there was, you know, the discussion about just the the nature of the offensive line where there might not be as good as the offensive line that the Dolphins have. The other way around, excuse me. And then finally, I think one of the big differences is Josh Allen is much more of a threat running the ball than Tua is. Again, that is not to say that Tua cannot move the chains by scrambling here and there, but Josh Allen is a different animal in that sense. And I think that's at least one concern that they had in Buffalo that they're not going to have on this one. And I've seen clips of people on Twitter where they're like pointing out how the Cowboys were seemingly working with a very heavy game plan on stopping and containing Josh Allen. Uh, that's not really a concern on this one, I believe, entering Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. I don't think Tua is a guy that you want to really contain. That's what I'll say. That's what I'll say. Uh, let's see here. You see that it says, what a day in Cowboys Nation if the boys win and the Niners and Philly gate get taken down. Number one seed would be in sight. Man, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I'll say this, though. How impressive is it that the Niners are 5.5 favorites against the Ravens? That is crazy. Uh, that talks to you about the respect that they've gotten. Uh, it would be ideal. It would be amazing to see that if it happens. You see that we'll, we'll buy you something if it comes to that. We'll buy you a beer. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on a little bit here on the show. Uh, Micah, wave in into a topic that I was about to lose my mind with. I was done with it, honestly. And uh, that's why I'm not going to park a whole lot on this segment specifically. But I still think it's relevant to the game because people are panicking about the run defense. And it's totally understandable after that performance from James Cook that we allowed. But Micah Parsons had enough. There were content creators fighting on Twitter. There were fans fighting about it. There were media members fighting about it and just discussing where should Micah Parsons be playing to the point where one side was making up stuff that the other side had said and the other way around. It was exhausting. I really was done with it and I couldn't have enjoyed more the fact that Micah Parsons took it onto his own hands to say, you know what, enough is enough. And he quoted a tweet talking about fans who wanted to move Micah Parsons to off-the-ball linebacker. And this is what Micah said. It, it, I think it was cool to see. Micah, and I quote, said, It's because teams are running the ball and people like to panic. I am probably leading every category in pass rushing besides sacks. People are nuts. I'm going to read that again. People are nuts. He went off, man. And then he added, and if people watch film, they take shots and pass more when I am off ball or out of the game. We have to get better, period. So some accountability there at the end of the tweet. Micah basically admitting that, you know, he understands where the frustration is coming from. But Micah also saying at the same time, y'all good? Y'all, why, 
Why are we having this conversation again? So Micah basically puts an end to that controversy. I like his response. I think he's spot on. I think I understand like people who say, you know what? If it comes to a point where the other team is done passing, like the Bills were last week, maybe move him. Maybe move him to linebacker and, you know, just for the game, see what happens. I'm good with that. I am good with that. But, you know, start game planning for Micah to spend more time off ball and remove him from line of scrimmage. I get the idea of, you know, it's not every down. It's not every down. It's just a handful of downs. I get that. But I also get that every time that you do move him, as Micah said, people are going to take shots. People are going to pass the football because Micah is not going to be just the mere presence of Micah at the line of scrimmage is enough to deter some of these teams from passing the ball, you know? And it was one of those situations where it's it's not about a handful of snaps. It's about every snap. It's about having him be that threat every snap. Again, if we're talking about the very rare exception, go for it. I understand that. If it's, you know, first and 20 and you're expecting a run or if it's... Uh, Something different. Like if it's like the Bills game where they, they're done passing the football. and You want to try it out for a drive or something. Go ahead and change his position. But just not in a regular basis where he's going to play 70% edge rusher or defensive lineman and 30% linebacker. That's what I'm against. That's what I am against. It's like let him be one of the best players in the league at the most valuable position and stop overthinking it. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Drop back defense for the Cowboys. Still one of the best in the NFL. Watch that take a hit if he is moved to a ball linebacker, even if it's for a portion of his snaps, unless it's like a very extreme example that we just talked about. So I'm glad that Micah put an end to that. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good sign that the Cowboys were not going to go ahead and go through that change. So shout out to him. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, the thing that scares me the most, oh boy, this injury report is not looking very pretty, if you ask me. And I'm going to highlight three things very quickly. Jonathan Hankins, he's not playing. He's not playing. Uh, Mike McCarthy said he's going to be hard-pressed to go this week. That is the exact same thing that he said last week. So I fully expect... Jonathan Hankins to be ruled out uh, tomorrow. There is some room for it not happening. Okay, maybe, yep. Number two thing that I will point out, Malik Hooker giving me some hope and giving us some hope. Uh, he was upgraded to limited on Thursday, so he might be able to go, and he would be huge, man, because Malik Hooker means, you know, you're not moving Jaron Kyrus out of the box. You have this guy that can really help out with the deep shots to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So he's going to matter a whole lot on this game if he does play. And then last, but certainly, certainly not least, and in fact, concerningly, not the least, there are two offensive linemen right now that I just don't know if they'll play. Zach Martin, you know about the issue that he's dealing with, quad injury. Uh, he's been out for two practices, and of course he didn't play the second half against the Bills. I'm not sure if he's going to play. 
And TJ Voss against Christian Wilkins on the Dolphins' defensive line, it's going to be a problem. That is on one hand. On the other hand, Tyron Smith is a non-participant on Wednesday. And I'm like, all right. They've been managing him a whole lot this year. So I'm not really surprised at it. I'm also not panicking. But then Mike McCarthy talks to the media on Thursday. And he says, that is something that happened in the game. He got hurt versus the Bills. And I'm like, oh, snap. That's exactly what I did not want to hear. And, yep, that's that. That's one situation where you're like, you could have no Tyron Smith and you could have no Zach Martin on Sunday. Let's hope for the best. Let's hope for a surprise there. But if you don't have those two, Yikes. Against the pass rushing duo that we discussed last night with Bradley Schaub and Andrew Van Ginkle being graded in the top 10 among NFL pass rushers this season, it's just not great. It's just not great. Uh, Rico Dattle being limited is not anything surprising, though. Pollard being uh, a full participant, nothing to worry about. And then the other two guys are... Injured reserve guys that might return quickly or or soon or might not. I don't think Fehoko returns, by the way. I think he's put on season-ending reserve. But yeah, it's a concern, man. And it's one of those games where I'm going to make a pick because it's a Thursday show. But the Dolphins also have 16 players on their injury report. So it's like I'm making this pick with very, very limited information so, ladies and gentlemen, let me know in the chat. Who do you got? Who do you got on this game? And then we'll get out of here. I'll give you my bet for the game as we do every single Thursday night. Uh, I have my bet of the week. We lost last weekend, by the way. Uh, we still have a very winning record. We've guaranteed ourselves a winning record, actually. Uh, but I took the over versus the Bills, and it didn't work out. And this time, it's also a complicated game where you're like, I could go with the plus one and a half if I like the Cowboys. But then again, the Dolphins could very well win this game. And it sounds like a high-scoring affair, but also the total is very high. So it's complicated to bet. Uh, I'm going, though, to win the game before we get to the bet. I'm going with the Cowboys. And I was this close to picking the Dolphins. I'm not going to lie. I was this close to picking the Dolphins. You know that even though this is a Cowboys show, when I pick against the Cowboys, I do it. Uh, like when I picked them against Philly, I picked the Eagles to win when they played in Philadelphia. Uh, but this time I'm sticking with Dallas. I went with them last week, got disappointed. Here's my logic. I think I want to fight my own recency bias in the sense that I just don't see them missing 12 tackles again because they have not been that team this season. They've been perhaps the second best or best tackling team in the NFL this year and that's what's really defined them and that's what's allowed them to overcome their deficiencies against the run I think that's going to matter on Sunday when they face a very speedy offense that as people have already pointed out in the chat are not going to bully you in the trenches because I really don't think offensively at least offense versus Cowboys defense the Dolphins are not going to bully the Cowboys, I believe, because they don't have that kind of an offensive line. I think that will matter. I think the Cowboys, and I, I'm going to trust Dan Quinn on this one. We talked about him being the Grinch 
for Tyreek Hill's Christmas, he might be the Grinch to our Christmas if he doesn't come up with a plan that is any different to what we've seen over the last few weeks because it's got to be different. That's one thing I strongly believe. Something has to look different. Something has to be different in this game, whether that's more too high safeties, whether that's maybe somebody else at safety, especially if Hooker cannot go. Maybe Israel Mukwamu, even if you want. But something, something has got to change on the defense. It cannot be the same stuff that we've seen all season where it's like man coverage, where it's uh, high safety, where it's cover one or cover three, basically, and blitzes. Tua Tango Vailoa, man, number one quarterback in the league versus the blitz. I love the aggressiveness. I would like to see a changeup in Dallas's defense. I would like to see... Dan Quinn working his magic and saying, ha, gotcha. That's what I would like to see. Uh, all that being said, I think he does it. I think he comes up with a plan. And I think the Cowboys win it. And I think the Cowboys offense has a successful day just because they were lights out. Other than the Bills game, they've still been lights out since the bye week. Since the bye week, the offense has been lights out. The exception being the Bills game. And keep in mind, it was also a game with three personal fouls, super costly personal fouls, a missed opportunity to challenge a play. A lot went wrong in the Buffalo game. I think it goes a little bit better on this one. And give me the Cowboys to win this one on a tight one. And my bet of the week is over 50 and a half. Again, I am riding with the over. I think the Cowboys defense is going to be caught. And I think the Cowboys offense is also going to operate. So give me 31 to 30 Cowboys on the road. I'm going with a high score again. I don't care. And we'll see if this week it turns out right. Uh, Isidro says 24-21 Dolphins. Carlos says 30-21. to 42-41 says Master. Oh, and I thought I had a high score. Katharina says 28-23. Bruce says, I don't have a score prediction, but I do think that the team who jumps out in front first wins. That's very, that's a very smart take, Bruce. That is a very smart take. Cowboys get up in front and they can rush the passer the way that they want to. Dolphins get up in front. They can run the football just like they want to. So that makes a whole lot of sense to me, honestly. All right, guys. I'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about the Cowboys hopefully win, not hopefully a loss, but uh, we'll talk about all that. Enjoy your holidays, and I hope that you have a fantastic weekend with all your family. If you're going to do something on Christmas Eve, make sure you meditate that morning and you don't allow a Cowboys game to ruin it for you. <laughs> do that exercise. That's, that's my recommendation. If you're going to do something on Christmas Eve, keep that in mind. And I'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about uh, the game. Enjoy your holidays. And I hope that you get a lot of gifts. I hope that you just have a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And thank you to Master Gunner, who says, congrats to you, new uncle. Man, I am obsessed. I am obsessed with my knees. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. Feliz Navidad. Happy holidays. And I'll see you Monday. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.